to the Hands Up, Don't Shoot podcast, where I, your host, Ashley Franz Howell, tell the stories of Black victims of police brutality. Welcome to episode 23. Today, I'll be telling the stories of Yvette Smith and Jordan Edwards. Yvette Smith was born on December 18, 1966, with her twin sister Yvonne at the Medical Arts Hospital in Big Spring, Texas. Her parents were Dolores Everett and Leon Smith. The family moved to Baytown, Texas, but moved back to Big Spring, Texas when Yvette was beginning the third grade. She graduated high school in 1985, and at the age of 18, Yvette and Yvonne then moved to Austin, Texas, where they lived with their grandparents, Leon and Lorraine Smith. Shortly after her move to Austin, Yvette began working for the state of Texas as a nurse. There, she met great friends that soon became family. And on July 11, 1988, Yvette gave birth to her son, Anthony. And then on August 25, 1995, she gave birth to her second son, Christopher. Yvette loved her family so much, and she was known to always put her son's needs before her own. She was a nurse at Austin State Hospital until she had knee surgery, which sort of put her out of commission. On February 16, 2014, Yvette was at a friend's house at 105 Zimmerman Avenue in Bastrop, Texas, where a fight broke out between two men that were in the home at the time. A gun was involved, so Yvette was trying to act as a peacemaker, and her efforts weren't working, so 911 was called about a half an hour after midnight. By the time the Bastrop County police officers arrived, things seemed to have calmed down since one of the men was in the front yard and the other one was still in the house. And the police learned from the dispatcher that a gun was being loaded inside of the home earlier, but the dispatcher never informed them that the gun was later unloaded and placed on a table in the home. One of the responding officers was Deputy Daniel Willis. The officers commanded that the people that were inside the home needed to come outside, but apparently those commands were ignored. And so this next part is what happened according to a statement released by the sheriff's office. They said that Yvette appeared in the doorway holding a gun. And just a side note, Yvette's family said that she was not comfortable with guns, let alone holding one. So unfortunately, we will never be able to hear Yvette's take on that matter. But the statement also said that as Yvette opened the door, 
Deputy Willis shouted police, then fired within about three seconds. Yvette was hit twice. It was also said that, get this, Deputy Willis used his personal AR-15 semi-automatic rifle. His personal AR-15 semi-automatic rifle. Yvette was taken to a nearby hospital, but unfortunately she was pronounced dead while there. Yvette was 47 years old. A few hours after the incident, the officials changed the story. The sheriff's office said, quote, it could not confirm that Smith had any weapon when she was shot on the porch, end quote. And since then, nothing else has really been clarified. Deputy Willis was placed on administrative leave. And according to an article from The Guardian, quote, Willis had been rejected for patrol officer jobs by other law enforcement agencies, including the Austin Police Department, where he failed the psychological exam. Less than two weeks after the shooting, and with an investigation going, Terry Pickering, the Bastrop Sheriff, told the Austin American Statesman that some of his staff had tampered with Willis's training records in order to fix mistakes by getting them properly signed, end quote. Later, a lieutenant and sergeant were punished for changing Deputy Willis's records. At the time of Yvette's shooting, W.D. Willis had been with the Bastrop Force for less than a year. He was charged with murder and terminated shortly after. And there were two trials that followed. The first was a trial by jury in September of 2015. And with that trial, the jury was hung with uh, eight to four being not guilty. And so it was declared a mistrial. The second trial was a bench trial, which is a trial by judge. And that happened in April of 2016. And he was acquitted of the murder charge. Yvette's family filed a $5 million civil lawsuit against Bastrop County and the county sheriff, Terry Pickering. They ended up settling for $1.2 million. And to this day, Deputy Willis is still walking free. And that family was the story of Yvette Smith. Now I'm going to tell you the story of Jordan Edwards. Jordan Edwards was born in 2001 and grew up with his dad, Odell, and stepmother, Charmaine. He had one younger sister named Corey and two stepbrothers named Kevon and Vidal. Jordan was a freshman at Mesquite High School in Mesquite, Texas, an honor roll student and a football player, and his favorite color was red. Saturdays were usually the days that the chores were done in the Edwards home. And like any other Saturday, on Saturday, April 29th, 2017, 
Jordan and his brothers did their chores. Later that evening, they asked if they could go to a party that night. It wasn't far away, only about three miles in Bulk Springs, Texas, which is a Dallas suburb. Their dad said they could go, but they were supposed to be home by midnight. So they all hopped into their dad's Chevy Impala and headed to the party with a couple of friends. They were hanging out at the house party and one of the guests announced that the police were on their way. And so upon hearing this, the brothers and their friends decided to leave the party and head back to the car so they could go home. Around 11 o'clock that night, Officer Roy Oliver II and Officer Tyler Gross responded to the home after there were reports of underage drinking and some noise complaints. While they were inside searching for the homeowner, they thought they heard gunshots nearby, so Officer Oliver ran to the patrol car and grabbed a rifle. There were different sources that said that it was either an MC5 or an AR-15. So to be honest, I really don't know much at all about guns. So I had to look up what an MC5 rifle was. And I'm sort of familiar with an AR-15, but this MC5, it's a semi-automatic rifle, which means that each time the trigger is pulled, a bullet is released. Now, the best way I can explain what it actually looks like is, I guess, imagine some sort of action movie and there's a sniper on top of a building trying to hit a target far away. So imagine a gun very similar to that, just without the stand and without the scope. So I'm getting into what this gun looks like because it's so weird to me that this type of gun was actually in the car. Um, I've noticed that police officers typically carry pistols which are much smaller and can be worn on their belts. But this MC5 or AR-15 or whatever it was, like where do you keep it? Um, is it a Texas thing? Is it a normal weapon? in general for a police officer to have? Like, is the size necessary? I have questions, but I digress. So back to the story. Officer Gross was about to head to the area where he heard the gunshots. And according to police documents, Officer Gross said that he tried stopping the car as the boys were trying to drive away. He mentioned seeing the car reversing and repeatedly ordering them to stop. And Officer Oliver said that he believed that they were reversing the car, quote, aggressively towards Officer Gross. Officer Oliver then walked up to the passenger door of the car and punched the window hard enough to break it, and he had his weapon already drawn. The vehicle stopped then slowly moved forward and Officer Oliver fired five times into the car. Jordan was sitting in the passenger seat. According to an article from the Star-Telegram, 
This is what happened next, according to Vidal Allen's testimony. And Vidal, again, is Jordan's stepbrother. Quote, When Allen heard the five gunshots, he said he drove away and checked to see if his friends and brother were okay. But he saw blood and had moved to Edwards' head, he said. As he continued to drive away, a police car drove quickly past them, and Allen turned around to get help from the officer, he testified. When both cars stopped, the officer made Allen and the three other boys in the car get out with their hands up. He said, quote, They made me walk backwards, they put me in handcuffs, and put me in the car. That's when he prayed. End quote. It was then discovered that Jordan was hit in the back of the head. Jordan was 15 years old. To counter police documents and Officer Oliver's story, Officer Gross testified that he didn't feel like his life was being threatened, and the body cam footage showed that the car was actually driving away from the police when the shots were fired. Officer Oliver was fired from the police force the very next month. He was charged with murder and aggravated assault on May 5th, and a warrant was put out for his arrest. Officer Oliver turned himself in that same night. The trial took place in August of 2018, and when the case was handed over to the jury, they deliberated for about 12 hours and found Officer Oliver guilty of murder and acquitted him of the aggravated assault charges. He was sentenced to 15 years in prison with the possibility of parole in 2026. And in addition to the prison sentence, Officer Oliver was also fined $10,000. In August 2020, Roy Oliver submitted an appeal to overturn his conviction, but it was rejected. Jordan's family decided to bring a civil lawsuit against him and the city of Balk Springs, and that is ongoing. So I'll let you guys know what happens with that. And that family was the story of Jordan Edwards. Thank you so much for listening. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for Hudspod. And you can support the show by going to buymeacoffee.com slash Hudspod. Remember, Hudspod is spelled H-U-D-S-P-O-D. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure you get the latest episodes. And if you don't mind, please leave me a five-star review. Stay safe and I'll see you next week.